I'm joined now by RNZ Business Editor Giles Beckford. Kia ora, Giles. Sin lay milk is doing it tough. Kira to you, Charlotte. Yes, the uh, specialty dairy company has fallen into the red, which it puts down to falling demand for infant formula, high inflation and extreme weather. The company's reported a loss of $4.3 million for the year end of July. That compares with the previous year's $38.5 million profit. The results come less than a week after A2 Milk, its major customer, cancelled its exclusive supply agreement with Sinlay, saying the supply had fallen below delivery standards. Well, Sinlay's chief executive, Grant Watson, says the company disputes that and is now in talks with A2. In the meantime, the exclusivity agreement still stands and is in operation. But he says overall the disappointing result is a hangover of the COVID-19 lockdowns. In terms of the forecasting that we've done for FY24, a lot of it relates to a reduction in birth rates out of China. There's certainly a global softening without question. So for FY24, we're forecasting a further 11.4% reduction in terms of infant formula product that we produce. Well, Grant Watson says Sinlay isn't giving a earnings forecast for the coming year, largely because of uncertain economic conditions. Well, retail interest rates are on the move again, but this time mostly a rise in deposit rates. Two of the main banks, Westpac and Kiwi Bank, have raised some of their rates to match the rate of inflation. Penny Miles has more. Westpac is the first of the main banks to offer a 6% return for under 12 months. The bank has upped its nine-month term deposit rate by 15 basis points to 6%, but trimmed its 12-month rate. But 6% for 12 months is now the prevailing market rate, with a few banks offering it for 18 months and two years. Kiwi Bank has stolen a march on its rivals with a 12-month deposit rate of 6.05%. Deposit funds are part of the mix for retail banks, in addition to other sources such as overseas borrowing. Kiwi Bank has also played a bit of catch-up by raising its two-year fixed mortgage rate by 10 basis points. And while mortgages have been settled for a while, somewhere around half of borrowers have yet to renew from previous low rates and will feel the bite of higher costs on their budgets soon. Well, the technology sector says its success has mostly been a matter of good luck rather than a coordinated effort with government support. NZ Tech Chief Executive Graham Muller says the industry generated nearly $10 billion in exports last year but would do better with the, assistant, with the assistance of a dedicated minister. He says the industry group's looking for government support in six key areas, including education, inclusion, sustainability, safety, growing exports and improving productivity. What we're doing at the moment is things are happening accidentally and, and it's all good luck. So there's some general momentum. What's missing or what's happening is there's the opportunity cost. Not a, adopting technology fast enough to really take advantage of the opportunity. Not looking at things like regulation and rules holistically enough to understand where some of them might be inhibiting tech. Or in other places you might need some actually to put the protections in, in around society that we need. Now, Graham Muller says the absence of a dedicated minister means most technology issues are managed across a range of portfolios, and that means missed opportunities. Well, KiwiSaver provider says its recent growth is down to the diversified nature of its offerings. The Invest Now KiwiSaver scheme doubled to more than $145 million in the year ended March, and it's since grown a further 20% uh, in the June quarter. 
Its general manager, Mike Heath, says its members benefit from having their money managed by multiple investment brands. He says the company is seeing more business coming its way from financial advisors who endorse a portfolio that's made up of different funds from different managers. It's almost like a bit of a matrix. You know, the horizontal is the different brands and the verticals are the different risk types, so conservative, balanced, growth, high, you know, high growth. You can mix and match that based on what you're trying to achieve or what your drivers are and, say, the weighting that you want to have and then the flexibility and ease to, to move. Fundamentally recognising that diversification is a key principle when it comes to investing. Mikey says it's encouraging to see more KiwiSaver schemes, particularly those offered by the bigger players, removing their administration fees, as was reported in last week's uh, Financial Markets Authority annual KiwiSaver report. Just turning 25 minutes past 12, and that means it's time to catch up and see how the markets are opening for the start of the week. I'm joined by James Hunter from Jarden Securities. Kira to you, James. Thank you. Uh, how's the local share market doing? I see we had a, a rare rise on Friday. Have we sustained it? Uh, we've just uh, managed uh, to keep it reasonably flat, although we're just down 20 points, Charles, to uh, 11,352. Um, obviously, most markets globally showed some weakness. Central banks have indicated higher interest rates may stay for longer than expected with lingering inflationary uh, pressure. Um, so, yeah, US, Europe, Asia are all down, uh, with the exception of China. Obviously, that's sort of slight flow on to the market here. Um, key performers this morning, NZX is up 1.8% to $1.12. Fontura Fund's up 1.4% to $3.60. And Pacific Edge is up 1.55% to $0.13. Cents. Um, obviously, Sinlay came out with their result this morning, and that's currently up around 0.8%. Any uh, notable falls? Um, Avita's down 2.38% to $1.23. Tourism Holdings down uh, about 1.35% to $3.65. And Precinct Properties down 2.5% to $1.16. Let's take a quick look. How's it faring at the Open in Australia? Um, markets haven't opened in Australia given daylight savings yesterday. Oh, of course. They're a little bit behind. They're even, they're even further behind <laughs> us. <laughs> that's right. They change next week. Correct. That's right. Okay, well, let's not worry about Australia, although we should note that it actually did fall on Friday and it will likely take the lead from what happened on Wall Street. Let's look at the currency. Hello, James. Hello. Hello, James. There you go. Right, we've re- we, we've reconnected the uh, the twine. Um, what's it looking like for the New Zealand dollar? Okay, uh, New Zealand dollar is just slightly down against most of our major currencies today. Uh, we're down to fifty nine fifty point five nine five six US dollars. Down to point nine two four six Aussie. Point um, four eight six four Great British pounds. Um, down to point five five nine two euro. Um, 88.37 Japanese um, yen and Chinese yuan were currently at 4.34. Which takes us to interest rates, oil and gold. The uh, three-month bank bill rate is up very slightly to 5.75. Brent oil spot rate is up to 95 
$1.23, and the gold price is still relatively flat at the moment, still trading at around $1,924 per ounce. Thank you very much. That's James Hunter from Jardin Securities. One other item of business news. Go through your drawers. Do you have a Kaniwi? If you do, it could be worth $60,000. A Kaniwi is a coin that's been mistakenly struck. It has the Canadian uh, imprint on one side and the New Zealand imprint on the other. Only 11 of them in the world, but one was sold uh, in recent days for $60,000. So as I say, look behind the sofa and in the drawers for your loose change, you may just have one. We'll update the market news and numbers for you at around half past five in Checkpoint. But for now, Charlotte, that's business. Kia ora.